Before we get into the Word for today, what I'd like for us to do is spend just a moment together and uh, spend some time in prayer, but particularly focus our prayer this morning in the spirit of petition and be praying for those who really Christmas is a hard time of the year for them. And in particular, we'll focus our attention this morning on those that, that really this Christmas is a, a really hard time for them. Uh, perhaps it's somebody you know that um, for the very first time they're going through Christmas without a spouse or a, a member of the family, a parent or a child that they've lost. Um, others that this is the very first time they're experiencing Christmas as a divided family. Others that are going through it, that it's a very difficult health time of the year. So I just want to call us into a time of prayer. We're going to invite you to pray silently. And then after I I pray for just a moment or two, and then I'll lead us in a closing prayer at the end. So let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Father, we're grateful that part of the outcome of the Christmas experience of Jesus coming into the world is that we get to pray in his name. And we know that our prayers are presented directly to you, Uh Father, because of what he's done and who he is to us, and that he's invited and taught us to pray and to bring our needs to you. God, there is much to celebrate in this day, and that joy cannot be contained, and we will indeed celebrate. But Father, we know that there are those among us who are hurting for a number of different reasons. And so Father, now as we pray silently from our own hearts for those that we know in our own worlds that are experiencing a a difficult holiday, God, we pray for them this morning. So I invite you to pray from your own heart and talk to the Lord. As we pray for those this morning that are on our hearts, we are comforted by your promise that you are always with us. And even if our our life journey has taken us to a valley that seems like we're literally underneath the the precipice of death, you're still with us and you seek to comfort us. Father, I'd like to mention just a few today to you. I know many of us have probably already voiced. God, I pray for those families where I've done funerals with them in the last six months or so. We pray for the Heron family today as they go through this journey for their first time without Neil. I thank you for the, just even the hope that is so evident in their family experience, even though it's a very difficult time. I pray, pray you'd bless and encourage them today. I pray the same for the Lucian family as they're going through this holiday for the first time without Keith. We ask your blessings on them today. God, I've also know that several families are going through this experience for the first time as a divided family where mom and dad are no longer together. And God, there's great difficulty and pain in that and confusion for the kids as well as for the adults. God, I pray for your grace to intervene and that you would bring change, change in hearts. God, we know that there are those who are also struggling physically today. I know that Felton Clark is in the hospital, just haven't gone in yesterday. And we pray for you to, to, to heal him from this high fever that he has and allow him to kind of get back on his feet. We pray for the Kellys as they're celebrating, be celebrating both of the holidays, not only Christmas but New Year's with Sean in the hospital. We pray, Father, that this would be a holiday that produces great hope as the transplant works and he begins to recover from this leukemia and becomes literally a trophy of your grace. So we pray for them today. They need your grace, your strength in this journey. God, there's probably many others that I can be in prayer for this morning, but those that you've brought to the, to the surface. So God, we thank you that you hear our prayer. We pray now that as we go into your word, just for a moment, that you teach us and encourage us with some very simple truths. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's Christmas Day. So the moment has finally arrived for all of us. And uh, if I stand up there, I'm going to fall off. So I'm going to stand down here. <laughs> and, you know, all of the, the details are over. It's, many of us have already opened our gifts. Some still have that in front of us. We certainly probably have some good meals laid out, laid out for the day. But in many ways, Christmas is, is over. So some of you have been with Hope for a while know I had this love-hate relationship with Christmas. You know, uh, Christmas, obviously, trying to 
communicate uh, the, the depths of the truth of, of the absolute unique event in human history. God becoming man is, is always a great challenge. And so that creates a lot of fertile soil and it's, and it's fun to work through all of that over and over again and trying to communicate it. But there's also this challenge you have that, that you know, it's, it's for most people who were around church through the Christmas holidays, it's kind of can have this kind of been there, done that kind of feel, right? You know, I mean, I, you've heard me say before, you know, the, the Gospel of Mark doesn't tell us at all about the birth of Jesus. John only gives us the, the theological framework if, in chapter 1. So you're really down to just Matthew and Luke. So you've got about five chapters to try to pull out and tease out this incredible message of how God became one of us so that we could spend eternity with Him. And so, and, and it just is so difficult for me because I, one, of the, one of my passions is not to make the Bible boring. You know, it's, a, it's the incredible, life-giving Word of God. And yet you come to something and people say, yeah, yeah, I've been there, heard that, done that kind of thing. Because we've heard the Christmas story over and over and over again. But, you know, one of the things I just want to remind you is, is just some today as, as we gather for, for worship on the day of the Lord's birth is, is a very basic message. But one I think that we really need to kind of take to heart over and over again. And one that really kind of speaks to me and, you know, is... is as we look at the Christmas story, and we read it totally last night in our Christmas Eve services, we read about, you know, how the angel appeared to Joseph and told him about this child that Mary carried. We read about Mary's encounter with the angel as God came and spoke to her and told her what he was up to. We read about the angels appearing to the shepherds out as they took care of their flocks in the field at night. You know, and, and we've looked at all of these messages that, that have taken place. We, we, you know, further back in the story, you have the story of, of how uh, the angel encountered Zacharias, the, the father of John the Baptist, and told him about the plans that were unfolding. And, and just throughout the entire message of the very first Easter, I mean Christmas story, Easter, there we go, uh, the very first Christmas story is, is the reality that God is speaking God speaks. And one of the things I want you to appreciate today is that the language of Christmas is that God is speaking. I mean, he spoke to Joseph. Joseph had his reservations. This young girl that he was supposed to marry was pregnant, and he knew it wasn't by him. And he was fearful, even for spiritual reasons, to take her as his bride. And so he was just going to put her away quietly. Not trying to disgrace her, but, but at the same time trying to honor what God said is right. And the angel intervenes says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. God speaks. Mary, you know, God steps into her life and says, hail favored one. And she's like, I don't know if this is going to be good news or not, <laughs> you know. And then when God says to her, you're going to conceive and what is going to be conceived within you, this embryo that's going to be planted in your womb will be the son of God. And she says, well, how can this be? And God explains to her what's going to happen. God speaks. The angel shows up and speaks to the shepherds out, on the, out in the fields as they watch over their flocks at night. Then they're joined by a heavenly host, right? Singing about, you know, telling them about a great joy that is for all people. For today has been born for you a child. Even the wise men, after they get there, right? Don't they have a dream? God gives them a dream and says, don't go back to Jerusalem and tell them where the child is. You know, go by a different route. And off they go. God speaks. God speaks to us. And I want to try to draw just a couple of thoughts out from the, Hebrew, the book of Hebrews. We read this passage last night in our service. Maybe a little bit of an unusual Christmas Day passage, but one I think that really speaks to where we're at today. If you're, if you're going to use one of our pew Bibles today, you're going to find our text on page 1015. And what I want you to see is that the whole 
Christ event, from his birth to his death, through his resurrection and ascension, really, and onwards, God is speaking to us. God speaks to us. Listen to these words. It says, long ago, God spoke to the fathers. That's those who were of the, leader, the, the leaders, if you will, the, the, the pioneers of the faith in the Old Testament, the, the people of God of Israel. It says, long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. He's the radiance of his glory, the exact expression of of his nature, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. After making justification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became in rank higher than the angels, just as the he inherited, just as the name he inherited is superior to theirs. Now in verse four you begin to pick up the, the central theme of the book of Hebrews is that what God has done in Jesus Christ is superior. It is complete. It is perfect as in comparison to what God had done in the Old Testament in preparing a people to be the, the source of the Messiah coming into the world. It's interesting that he starts out by telling us that God has spoken in the past. And, and God, has, God indeed had spoken in the past. And he had done so in lots of different ways. He had, he had directly spoken to individuals. Moses had an incredible experience, right? With God literally talking to him face to face, such to a point that his face actually glowed. You know, there was a, a radiance about him. It faded, but there was a radiance about him. God sometimes spoke directly. There are other times where God spoken through his wit, written word, and we have that through the prophets. And we have literally, you know, the, the, all of the scripture is God's expression of himself to us in the written word. Sometimes God spoke through some dramatic acts. I'm, I'm, I have to tell you, in many ways, I'm glad that God did not call me to be a prophet because they had to do some pretty wild things. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to ratchet these up from the least strange to the most strange, but in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he had this prophet go out and, and buy a brand new set of clothes, a brand, brand new robe. And he goes out and he meets a character by the name of Jeroboam, who was to become the king of the northern kingdom of Israel, the very first king. And he says to him, God sent me to speak to you. And he says, and, and, and with that, he takes off his clothes and he rips his brand new clothes into 12 pieces. He says, now you pick up 10. Pick up 10 of those pieces. God's speaking through a dramatic act and it was indicating that 10 of the tribes were going to split away from Judah and Benjamin, away from Solomon's successor, and go on and form a new nation, the nation of Israel. And God was acting this out dramatically. There's another place where, where God had um, Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah literally fasten a yoke to wear. And, he, and he, he literally put on something that you would put on an ox that they would use to, to pull a plow or to pull a, a large uh, wagon or cart. You know, it was basically like a, a Mack truck kind of idea. And he fastened the yoke to wear. And it was a symbol that God was going to put a yoke on the nations that were opposing his activity. And he was going to carry them off and put them under the yoke. But the worst one's got to be Isaiah, where in Isaiah chapter 20, God told him to take his clothes off and to walk around naked for three years. I'm glad I'm not a prophet. <laughs> you know, and in some ways, I'm glad God doesn't talk that way anymore, right? You know, you know God, God has spoken in lots of different ways. You know, he, he spoke to events like the burning bush, like the voices that from heaven that spoke out, the angels and the visions that he had. And, and God had lots of messages. I mean, you think about the message that God communicated through the prophet Hosea, right? God, God had him marry a prostitute who was unfaithful to him over and over and over again. I'm glad I didn't get that job either. But God was trying to communicate through the prophet to the people about his loving compassion and his ability to forgive and 
the forgiving and enduring, compassionate love of God. And he tried to communicate that message so clearly. Through Isaiah, he talked about the holiness of God. And we see that just launched out to us in all of its beauty in Isaiah chapter 6. Where Isaiah, after the, the kind of the insecurity that rushed over him with the death of Hezekiah, who had been this long-term good king, he rushes into the temple and he says, God, I need to know that somebody's still in control. And God reveals himself as, as holy and high and lifted up, sitting on the throne of heaven. And, and, he, and, he, and he speaks to us about his holiness. And then you have Amos. You know, who, who talks to us about the need to, to exercise our social, to, to, to have compassion towards our fellow man. God spoke about all kinds of things. But here in the Christmas event, God speaks to us by his son. And we get to see it all. What, how does he put it here? He says that he has spoken to us by, through his son, the one whom he's appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the universe. He said he is the radiance of his glory, the exact expression of his nature. God reveals it all to us. Now I know that we sit here and we think, well, there's lots of stuff about God I don't know. But all the stuff we need to know, God's revealed it all. And Jesus Christ, he's, he showed us the radiance of his glory. He reveals to us just how incredible God is. And he also communicates to us exactly what God is like. So here's, here's what I want you to take away from our time together this morning. You know, God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. Now, a great question to ask is, are we listening? But God is speaking to you. He's bringing to us good news of a great joy because a Savior has been born for us in the city of Bethlehem. God is speaking to you and to me. That's a, that's a, a basic foundational truth of, of Christmas. and It's a message what we should not meet, miss. What's he saying? Well, there's probably lots of ways to interpret that. And you still couldn't exhaust it all. One of the things I think he's saying is that you matter to him. You count. You're significant. He's saying that he desires a relationship with you. you know, so again, you know, even, on a, even in, among the people who come out to church on a Sunday morning when it's Christmas Day, there's still a lot of people who live with, a, with an awareness of God. But they don't really live in a relationship with God. Sometimes we're here almost out of a sense of duty and responsibility or whatever. And there isn't any awareness of the presence of God in their lives on an active basis. God desires a relationship with you. You know, one of the messages that communicates to us, what God's trying to say to us, is He takes sin seriously. There's only the, the, the reason that Jesus came was to be our Savior. That the just would die for the unjust. And that means God takes sin seriously. It's interesting to ask ourselves, do we take sin seriously enough in our own lives? As God is speaking to us. He's communicating to us how much He loves us. That He's willing to give up His only Son to die for us. He's communicating to us that God's done everything that's necessary for you and I to live life abundantly. That word abundance is, is the idea of excess. And God says, it's, it's, it's really in the, in the original words that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. The imagery is that of having access, unlimited access to a green pasture. So you can just feed and feed and feed. Like some of you are going to do on just today's Christmas meal and I did last night in our Chinese food. You just got to feed and feed and feed until you get to the point where it's, wow, I'm satisfied. And that takes a lot for me to get to a place where I'm satisfied. But God said, I, I'm, I've opened it up for you to, 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 you know, to be satisfied spiritually for every aspect of your spiritual hunger to be satisfied. It's a great message. You know, I, I have a challenge for us, and we're going to extend this out to, to the entire church. But, you know, God's speaking. And it really does kind of beg the question as to whether or not we're really listening. So as is our habit here at Hope Chapel, we, we always have like a Bible reading challenge that lasts throughout the year. Now, given the, the, the idea that, that God speaks into our lives through His Son, He does it through His Word, He does it through the Holy Spirit, and He does it through other people, 
other believers. God uses all those things to speak to us. Here's my challenge for us this year. Instead of, instead of reading the entire Bible in a year, I want us to slow down a little bit so we don't feel as much pressure to read so much every day. And I'm just going to challenge us to read the New Testament. Just to start with Matthew 1.1 and get through the end of Revelation in 2012. Slow down a little bit so we can hear from God in the Word and have time to slow down and let the Spirit speak to us. But I'm also going to challenge us to do this in partnership with somebody else. Find a reading partner. Somebody that will hold you accountable. I know my wife this past year was in accountability group with a couple of other ladies, and I think they're one of the few, some of the few that we've heard that actually made it all the way through the, the scripture reading that happened this year. It helps when you have a partner. And also somebody you can get together and talk about what you're reading, hear from others. But we need to understand that God is speaking. God still speaks to us. And that's one of the great truths of Christmas, the Christmas event that we shouldn't lose. Just a, a second truth. Not only is God speaking to us, but God wants to speak through us. This announcement of great joy for all people is not supposed to be kept a secret. Just like the the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 told about everything that they had heard from the angels, we're supposed to be giving the message away. You know, we got... This morning, we we got a a wake-up call at 6 a.m. from our youngest son who's in China. He was on a mission trip. His whole, his whole journey is literally, he, he takes a bus 45 minutes out to a college campus. There's a, a couple of, of people there who are teaching students how to speak English, who, ha, who have some kingdom agenda that goes with that. And he just goes out and he's in their classes and strikes up conversations. Before he left, I gave him a, kept a couple extra Bibles to take with him. And he told us on the phone this morning, he says, Dad, I've picked out the kids I'm going to give them to. You know, he said, but Dad, they, they, they don't have any spiritual framework at all. When you bring up the concept of God, they're a blank sheet. When you talk about the idea of a sin, of a, offending some kind of a higher being, they have no idea. It's a blank sheet, you know. And, and it just is a reminder to us that the story's got to be told, you know. And, and God wants to make that story known through us. You know, he's appointed us to be witnesses. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, Ben's at the uttermost parts of the earth right now. I, I just got to tell you one little side story. They, they had a big Christmas Eve party. These two teachers that he's working with on this campus, he said they both have really teeny little apartments. And they invited all their students over for a Christmas Eve party. And they had 200 kids <laughs> packed into these little apartments. And he said the Chinese kids love to do karaoke. And so Ben's singing Aladdin songs and Eye of the Tiger and all these other songs just going on and on and on. I'm trying to think, yeah, that really seems like Ben. There we go. You know, but there's ways in which God just is seeking to communicate the truth to us. I think one of the assumptions that you and I make is that the people we know know about Jesus. They may know the name of Jesus. They may know that there's a lot of people who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They don't know the gospel. They don't know the gospel. And 95% of us will walk through our journey celebrating the fact that God has come to speak to us like he's never spoken before and that he wants to speak through us and we'll never pass that on. There are times it can be pretty intimidating to share our faith. Some of you have heard me tell the story that not too long ago, well, back when we were beginning the church, we we had an opportunity to have dinner with a couple from here in in Sterling, a couple that we really didn't know. And at the very end of a long dinner conversation, you know, this the the skeptic kind of husband across the table said, well, in a nutshell, I mean, they were trying to rush us out of the restaurant. We were the last ones there and said, you know, well, tell me what Christianity is all about, you know? And I remember leaving a restaurant unsatisfied with the answer I gave. And I thought to myself, you know, 
I wasn't ready in season and out of season to give an answer for the hope that's within me. There's a need for us to be ready to share our faith because God is still speaking to us and God is still speaking through us. And what a wonderful privilege it is. You know, for those of you who say, well, I, I don't know if I even know how to share the gospel. You know, we actually have out in our lobby a sample gospel presentation. You can just pick it up and read through and become familiar with it. And, you, and you're going to become equipped in some form or another for God to tell a story. But, but I want you to understand something about this challenge of God speaking through us. Every single one of us has a shepherd's story. If we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a shepherd's story. They may not know a whole lot about the Messiah being born in Bethlehem or whatever else, but they know what happened to them out there on that hillside. While they were, with the angels showing up, they knew their part of the story. You know your part of the story about what God's done in your life. Give it away. Because part of what God's trying to say to us in Christmas is, I'm speaking like I've never spoken before, and I want to speak through you to other people. Because then Christmas really happens. May 2012 be for us a tremendous year of hearing from God and people hearing about God through us. Let's pray together for just a minute and then we'll sing our final song. God, thank you that you always had a plan all the way along. And at the very end of it, you were going to reach a place where you would speak to us like you've never done before because you were going to speak to us face to face through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we seek to hear your voice. We seek to be your voice. For this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.